The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's Monday, and that means it's time for the Wrestling Inc. Monday Night Raw After Show, and have we got a show for you. Nia Jax made her return, Imperium was tested, and Jey Uso asked, for real? We're going to talk about all of it, but before we do, allow me to introduce the team. I'm Jack Farmer, being joined by the Spar with Labar champion, Justin Labar, and New to Mondays, Matt Kuhn. Matt, how are you doing? Welcome to Monday Night Raw After Show. Dude, thanks so much. It's a thrill to be here. Number one, love Wrestling Inc. Number two, big fans of you guys. Never met either one of you guys, but I'm looking forward to working with both of you and covering today's Raw, which was newsworthy, but maybe not in the way we expected. Yeah, I'm excited to get some some of your takes on this episode because, you know, Justin and I, we've done a few of these. So I kind of got an idea where he's sitting on a lot of this stuff. It'll be fun to get some new opinions, some new uh, thoughts in here. Justin, how's your fantasy football team doing? You winning? Week one, one and oh, and that was with uh, only getting 23 points out of Patrick Mahomes. But quarterbacks across the board didn't do too well week one. So one and oh. Yeah, I was looking like I was going to lose. my The other team, I was up by just a little bit. The opponents had their quarterback still in play. Next week, my commanders are going after I, your beloved Russell Wilson. My, my, uh, well, he's on the other team now, but well, I still but like the, him. But He's still my beloved Russell he's, Wilson. He's still your beloved. <laughs> well, wasn't, wasn't your wonderful dog named Russell? He was after, after. the legendary Seahawk Russell Okun, the uh, offensive lineman. Oh, <laughs> oh pivot. <laughs> well right. let's get into the show before we do as always everyone i'd love you to like comment share subscribe copy the link and just post it into social media why don't you bring all the friends we're gonna chat about a lot of fun stuff but we're not starting with something fun we're starting with something very bad uh that's what we call a terrible transition folks <laughs> professional <laughs> <laughs> Yin Matt and Yang. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Riddle claims he was sexually assaulted by a police officer. WWE superstar Matt Riddle took to Instagram on Saturday and revealed that he was sexually assaulted by a police officer. The post has now been deleted, uh, saying something like, Nothing, it does not say this is a quote, I'm quoting it now. Nothing like being sexually assaulted by an officer and harassed at the JFK airport. No means no, and just because I'm nice doesn't mean yes. He continues to go on from there. Uh, PW Insider also reported later that Matt Riddle is not at Raw tonight. Sources within the company uh, told PWI that Riddle is no longer expected to work weekend live events in Idaho and Washington, where he had previously been booked. Justin, uh, obviously never a headline you want to read, but it sounds like WWE is taking this very seriously, which is a good thing. Well, yeah, as they should. I mean, uh, a few things that are... You know, I, I don't know what it means when it's part of his first instinct to, 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 to announce this via social media. 
um, you know, the complaint. I mean, obviously, since deleted it, but you know, that's a little bit of a, of a head scratcher. But you know, who knows? Obviously, none of us know what exactly happened. It is, it is wise, I think, to keep him off of TV. That does not mean uh, I don't think that does. I don't think it means anything one way or the other in terms of the. The, the the accuracy of his allegations i think it's just it's just the protocol you do if, if if he's making these kind of accusations you take him off tv uh it's just that's the appropriate thing to do i'll be keeping an eye on this obviously we want to find out if wb's doing an investigation i'd be curious to see do they make public any conclusion of these investigations and um you know certainly matt riddle has not been the uh he, he certainly has had some things go go on outside of the ring that's made people you know that, that that's caused some some problems that's caused some you know, I think questionable uh, questions on uh, can the company rely on him? Is is he a guy that they could hand the ball with and run with? And and again, he these allegations that he's the victim and 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 I, it's very serious. So again, hopefully they just do the investigation and they communicate effectively whatever the next thing is uh, that happens with this. Yeah, Matt, this is a we. This is kind of from a perspective we don't typically see uh, with these kind of things. A male superstar with the accusation. Uh, but again, I mean, this is what you're supposed to do. You investigate it, but I think it'd be very easy for everyone to say, Hey, just be cool. I think it's good that WWE is saying, no, 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 this is a serious issue. We need to look into it. Yeah. It's a peculiar thing, right? Because you always want to believe the victims. You always, if someone makes an accusation of sexual uh, misconduct, you always want to believe the victim of what's going on. But this particular case, Seems peculiar enough, you know, for us to kind of take a step back. Again, it's it's one of those situations where you don't even want to say anything because you don't know exactly what happened. I will say as to um, Justin's point, I think, was I think WWE, you can see that maybe they don't have all the confidence in the world in Riddle because he is in situations plot-wise, narrative-wise, where he could easily be taken out. He was in a situation where he was crucial to any particular thing. I think that speaks to the confidence WWE has in him or lack thereof. And uh, we'll see how it pans out. But, you know, it reminds me of a couple other situations in wrestling history. And I don't, I, I hope it works out for, for Matt Riddle. I hope everything works out good for everybody involved. Yeah, hopefully, it, I agree with you, Matt. I just hope it works out. And I hope we can kind of get it fixed and anything that needs to happen happens. And then we can get back to, to good stuff. Um, something that is, I think, going to be good for someone is that is rumors of L.A. Knight uh, having reported contract talks. Uh, it was reported last week that WWE and L.A. Knight were finalizing a new contract uh, for L.A. Knight and that a new push would come for the popular talent once the deal was closed. Fightful Select is reporting that Knight and WWE are still far apart on financial compensation and that no deal is eminent. Knight's contract runs well into 2025, means uh, meaning there's roughly a year and a half for the two sides to come together on a new agreement. Uh, Matt, for this, it's, uh, I mean, clearly they see the star that LA Knight is and is becoming, so they want to lock him down, I'm sure. Uh, it feels like they've got a ton of time before they need to, though, so this probably feels very preliminary, but I'm just curious, how do you, how do you approach this if you're LA Knight? I'm sure they're offering him more money than he's ever been offered before. But of course, it's negotiations. You got to say, I want more than that. What a weird, it's a weird situation, I assume. Well, you want to bet on yourself, you know, believe in yourself, but you also want to be smart. You know, this LA Knight thing has taken off so quickly. Anything, in my experience, in anything that takes off so quickly, gets hot so quickly, is more likely to kind of taper off quickly. Right now, he's as hot as he's ever been. 
I don't know, even if they prolong this LA Knight thing, I don't know if it's going to get hotter. I don't know if he's going to have more leverage in the future. So I would, depending on the offer, you know, I would, if I were him, I'd try to maximize it right now and see what he could get because, you know, it's it's not a leverage situation like it was a couple years ago in wrestling. Uh, he he hits something good. He's in a great position, and that might be the best position he'll find himself in. So I would I would maybe think about doing some business. Yeah, we got a, a super chat by the way, Matt from uh, from Frank saying, uh, "Holy s, Matt Coon, I miss you. Uh, I have loved all your podcasts. Yes, we're ex- we're excited to have Matt on the uh, on the show and and bringing in some." some bombs here but well thanks i'm a i'm known as a podcast killer but i will not kill this podcast i promise as justin and i cautiously look (laughs) at each other (laughs) uh but justin uh la Knight. he's i mean if you're la Knight, clearly this is when you want to be negotiating because you're as hot as you can be right now but if you're wwe i mean a year and a half i mean this isn't going to get done anytime soon i i'm i I assume yeah i mean i I like what matt said and i I tend to agree i mean la la night is really over right now but um you know if he tries to and i'm always a proponent of bet on yourself i'm not saying that he needs to take the first offer that's given to him but if he does try to really drag this out and let's say i don't know we're you know six months into the future if his if his you know level of over is not sustained either by his fault or by manipulative booking then you know he's lost leverage and 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 he's you know he's lost a position here so i mean you know i he certainly looks he looks great i don't like to be ageist but i mean you know he is gonna be 41 here later this fall so this is probably going to be one would think the last big contract he could get right the first (laughs) right the first and the last because you figure you know by the time that this next one would be up you know maybe he's still active but He's certainly going to be on the on the on the back end of his days if he still even is, you know. Um, so, you know, I understand the want then for him to want to get you know cash in big because you know it's not like he's a 22, 23 year old who can have seek several contracts ahead of time. It's going to be this one, uh, and, and this, he's he's as over as he's ever been. But you know, wrestling over can can disappear just just as fast as the lightning can be in the bottle. It's just as fast as that bottle can break. So. Um, I, I hope he's playing smart. I hope he has an agent. I hope he has somebody that's helping him uh, handle this. And I would suspect he does because I know he's done work in Hollywood. So I, I gotta think that he has proper representation so that we uh, they can uh, you know guide guide this this you know intelligently because th- th- these things can be messy uh, negotiations and slippery. I mean, the he could possibly get another big one down. I mean, some people wrestle in their later forties, but you're right; it's it's rare that that happens and. I, what I love about LA Knight is he's they've given him pretty much nothing up until recently, and he was still crazy popular. So now that they're using him, hopefully he stays that way. But like you guys alluded to, like the famous Daniel Bryan once said, fans are fickle. And once they get what they want, they stop wanting it. So well, and it's so funny we'll you brought up it's so funny you brought up uh, a Brian Jack because you know, I've been I've been making reference, you know, ha- having had payback here in Pittsburgh. A week ago and hearing the pop that was here and i think okay 10 years ago in pittsburgh we had the rumble it was the yes movement it was the rumble that they did not put daniel bryan and they, they booed ray mysterio because he was number 30 right but then we fast forward a few months i'm there at mania 30 and brian finally did it right the yes movement was had reached the top he had conquered it all he had beat the beat the office beat the man he, he he'd won the titles and then some of it because of injury but it's also like okay now the chase is done 
we've accomplished what we thought, you know, the chase is done. And, and, and the yes movement was never hotter than it was the night of WrestleMania 30. After that, it was only downhill. So, you know, LA Knight, whatever it is that's next, whether it's he wins a U.S. title or an IC title or or wins the Rumble, whatever it is, you know, you, you ha- always run the risk of, okay, if some of the chase is over, do they stick with you? Do they still, you know, go on the ride with you? So, again, all the more reason I say he's got to be very careful how long he draws this out. Uh, I would I would try to get that that ink on paper sooner rather than later. I would agree for the same reason. Um, Daniel Bryan, you know, was inevitable, I think, in a lot of ways. Like, just his style, his experience. At the same time, what happened at the night was almost a one in a million shot. He fell into a role. He played the role perfectly. But he's not Daniel Bryan, you know, in, in my mind. He's fitting a role really, really well right now. And like, like I think we all said, dude, get that money. Get that bag right now. Just get it. Get paid. I'm always rooting for the wrestler when it comes to negotiations. I want I want all the wrestlers to get paid. Uh, everyone else already has their money. Um, let's get into the show before we do. Of course, again, like, comment, share, subscribe to everyone who's joining us live. First of all, shout out to all the lurkers out there who aren't writing anything in the chat, but still enjoy the show live. Feel free to just say hello in the chat. Otherwise, if you are in the chat, Dream Realm Studios, MDB999, Baby Ice. Uh, we got Mike Martin, Ricky Zaldivar, Maria coming through saying hi. Good to see you, Tommy O. NYC Demon Diva, always good to see you hanging out. Uh, I think we're chatting tomorrow. Uh, and everyone else, thank you so much for joining us here in the chat. Ethan Cruz, the lurkers suck. How dare you? We're supportive of our lurkers. Uh, but to everyone else, thank you guys so much again. Uh, like, comment, share, subscribe, all that. And um, I should say, obviously, it is the uh, 20, it's been 22 years since 9 11. So, thoughts go out to everybody. Uh, WWE did a great video package today, as they typically do uh, this time of year. And so, um, a crummy, a crummy time uh, in, in American history 22 years ago. And thoughts to everyone who lost someone or were affected by that tragedy. Let's start with the actual wrestling show, though. Let's get into the fun stuff. Jay Uso comes out, and uh, Kevin Owens follows him, and Kevin Owens says, no one wants you here. And Judgment Day comes out, and they say, no one talks to Jay Uso like that. Finn says he respects Jay Uso. Priest says that the door is always open for Jay to join Judgment Day, but KO is supposed to have a tag team match against Judgment Day. Sammy isn't there, so Jay Uso is going to step in and earn everyone's trust the match is a fun one but it ends with jay uso accidentally kicking ko and costing his team the match matt i'm gonna kick it to you right off the bat we'll get into all the other judgment day stuff in a little bit but for now this opening segment big high energy start but a lot of questions are planted throughout this is my idea of a good start to raw but what say you I would agree. I think you're seeing a lot of the common WWE tropes, you know, the, the, the uh, I was going to say songwriting, the, the script writing tropes as far as narrative goes, storytelling, but done particularly well with some twists and just executed to perfection uh, with the uh, kind of the coolness factor of the Judgment Day, the commitment of Kevin Owens, and kind of the, you know, for momentary at least, it factor of Jey Uso. So although, you know, in a bubble, it might not work that great. With th- these particular cast of characters and the little twist on it, I think it works great. It made me want to see more. How about that? That's the best you could ask for it. Justin, uh, as I was watching this, 
I, I couldn't help but think so. I don't know if it was the crowd or what, but it felt like every single person involved in this was just, as you like to say, over like Rover. The crowd couldn't get enough, enough of everybody. Uh, yeah, and then that is a credit to WWE. Every, all, all the people that are out there in this opening segment have been uh, presented overall really well. It's been consistent. There's been reason to care about them, whether they're on the heel side of the fence the, or, the, or the face side. And, you know, it's, you know, Matt said uh, tropes, and it's, you know, WWE got months, well, really they got years, uh, over on SmackDown out of Jey Uso in the top faction on the show and us all waiting for the inevitable shoe to drop and him to, to leave. And so now he comes over. Of course, everybody's looking over their shoulder. Nobody trusts him here on Raw. So let's just flip it on reverse on his head. Let's just have the top faction trying to recruit him. And let's wait to see if he does that or if we play off all the you know three-year history that he has with Kevin Owens. I, I can't blame WWE for doing this. I think it's it's kind of a smart play. It worked, and, and, and Jay Uso is somebody that the fans have um, grabbed onto. I never – the Usos are one of the longest-tenured uh, talents on the full-time main roster. I mean, you know, basically 15 years uh, with little time off or away. Uh, I never would have thought that a twin tag team, that one of them, or, or even potentially now both of them, would split and, and have success as a singles act. But we're seeing it with Jay, and I think to an extent we'll, we'll have it with Jimmy as well. So uh, I, I kind of really got to commend WWE. I think they've, they've they've really handled this whole thing well. And I and I'm and as, as Matt said, I want to see more. I'm, I'm curious because there are several avenues. It's not just a fork in the road. It's a... It's like a five-way traffic circle. They could they could take a lot of different directions, and, and I, I love that. It's a roundabout, and no one knows how to use it. <laughs> just... just like every roundabout I've ever been in. Yes. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, Matt, what uh, – I mean, what I love about this, and this is kind of what Justin has alluded to, is that it does open up so many things. And, and we'll talk about, again, the backstage stuff, but the can you trust Jay Uso is still there. I think something that WWE has done so well with a lot of their characters, particularly those tied up in the bloodline, is that they always keep an air of what side of the fence are they on? Are, can you trust them? Can you not trust them? And Jay Uso still kind of has that, uh, at least at this point in the show. I was thinking about that as we were watching it, probably too much. And with Jay Uso, narratively, you can trust him, right? There's no reason not to trust him. Like he did right in the Roman situation. He didn't he didn't kick Kevin Owens on purpose. He's not lurking and making evil eyes at people. So that leads me to believe that perhaps Jay Uso is probably going to join the judgment day. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, they they're doing a good job of of really of making us not uh, really not dislike all the options. Like all the options seem kind of cool and fun and have a story behind them. So I'm I'm for it. Yeah, I, I love wrestling logic. You're right, but it is funny. Like he seems very friendly and approachable. Can't trust him. <laughs> it must be evil. Uh, we we move on to uh, another match here, and it's the Miz versus Akira Tozawa, and the Miz gets a dominant win. Uh, for those new to the show, Matt. Um, just so you know, I am the president, treasurer, and secretary, as well as 100% of the membership of the Akira Tozawa fan club. So I was super excited for this match. Justin, I got to go to you, though. Miz gets a big win here. Are you ready for a rubber match between these two? Yeah. Yeah. Just, just to get really? You mean Tazawa and Miz, right? Yeah. Yeah, just because I because I love because I, I love to get uh it, the it, it brings it brings a smile to your face and that's that's what I want <laughs> kind of the, the joy. I get, um, I get so pumped for Akira. 
Oh, I knew you were. You're the, you know, the, you're the first person I thought of when they announced the match. So yeah, you are truly the 100 percent of the of the membership. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, this is um, you know, I a little surprised that we didn't even get like I thought maybe we'd even we'd at least get like, LA Knight's music or something, even if he didn't appear in front of the crowd, just something that would distract Miz or rattle Miz. So I was a little surprised that 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 didn't happen. Of course, they you know commentary you know continuing to sell this feud. This feud's clearly not over between he and LA Knight. Um, but no, they decided that uh, the Miz needed to get uh, needed to get a win back on his uh, on his resume. So <laughs> let's give him to Zawa. Yeah, Matt, I got to ask you, this is going to be a tough one. What was the more impressive victory for the Miz? This win or last week's defeat of John Cena? I got to tell you, uh, the Cena match was riveting. But I will tell you, I like Akira Tozawa a lot. Like, I'm familiar with his work before WWE. And I think I tweeted, Miz and Tozawa are literally two of the best wrestlers in the world, but in very different ways. Mm-hmm. Those two really have mastered certain aspects of wrestling as much as you can. Now, of course, it's WWE, so they're going to use Tozawa as kind of, you know, uh, a nerd, a, a dweeb, you know, someone mm-hmm. to lose, a geek, right? But, man, Tozawa is a great wrestler in the right situation. He would be, you know, used in a different way, like if he was an AW. But I don't know if he minds that money or minds that – I don't know what he likes. He Hopefully he's happy in WWE, but I think he's a great wrestler – and I guess it's a good idea it, staying consistent with Miz and building him up for LA night for him to get a dominant win over Tozawa. He is a great wrestler, Matt, but uh, he came about in the WWE when Vince was fully in charge in their day to day. So he's uh, small and he's Japanese. So therefore, if if uh, 205 Live is not going to be a success, which it wasn't, then therefore he's small and Japanese. He must be comedy and he must be chasing the 24-7 title. I just want to know what happened to his giant ninja bodyguard. I don't know what happened to him, but um, I, yeah. I was surprised he didn't show up somewhere. You know what I'm saying? I heard he joined an underground fight league for a while and then disappeared. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I just I like I like Akira because he's he just I feel like he just puts him like everything into everything he's doing, whether it be in the matches or the little promo times he has. And I don't know. I just I root for him. I, there was a moment a while back where. He wanted to be Cody Rhodes' tag team partner. And he said, Akira is ready. And I was like, let's go, Akira. You know, Akira might get, you know, WWE's weird like that. He might get his moment in the sun one day. Like, he got his win over Miz, so he might get a, a big moment one day. He might He might get to eliminate a big a big name in the Rumble, maybe. Oh, you know? I am going to lose my mind maybe Pete that Rose. happens. Maybe Pete Rose. <laughs> So we move on to uh, a little showdown we had between Drew McIntyre and Xavier Woods. Woods wants to know what's going on with Drew. And Drew says, look, Kofi Kingston needs to man up and come say some stuff to my face. So Woods says Drew is jealous that Kofi won his world title in front of 82,000 people. 80 now, what? 82,000. Uh, now they're gonna have a match it's a great one it's hard hitting vicious mcintyre getting the win uh matt i i I gotta get your thoughts on uh the the attendance record that was quoted here i just to put it out there i love it when companies take little shots at each other like the harmless shots at each other like this so i totally dug it but what's your thought on them throwing out the number there i laughed you laughed people around the world laughed Tony Khan did not laugh. <laughs> I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> he was not happy with that. You know, I think yeah. with the Drew thing, big fan of Drew, can't be biased, unbiased with Drew, just the best person, great wrestler. 
you know, and to see where he's going, he's convincing. And just a thought, I don't know Big E's status, but it seems to me that's kind of the end result of all this, is that he goes through Xavier, he goes through Kofi, and then full heel turn, out comes Big E. I don't know if Big E's healthy or not, but to me that would be a picture-perfect story. That would be such a fun matchup to see. And Justin, uh, Matt obviously alluding to it, Drew McIntyre not beating that heel turn allegation that's coming his way. Uh, it looks like more and more that that's the direction we're going. Are you ready for the return of the Scottish psychopath? Well, he's such a he's a great heel. I mean, I, I'm not going to uh, ever say no to that. It's interesting that we saw, we talk about him maybe being the one who turns heel, but I did think it was a bit of a heelish move that Xavier Woods basically used the pandemic as heat to say he <laughs> wanted an empty arena in the lowest time in society. Like, geez, bad. I mean, come on. You, you um, don't want to get into a legit like battle of words with Xavier Woods. He's just too smart. He's too smart, too funny. That's but but this is this is a really weird dynamic because you have New Day who I mean look a New Day you know who've been around for an eternity relatively speaking in, in today's modern wrestling, um, you have New Day who they've been the best of heels but they also are just they're they're kind of, they're kind of like they're they're just they're they're forever baby faces now they they've graduated to that status so you have them but then you know Drew right now is still a baby face so yeah I, I got to see what's going to happen here I love Matt's booking same I don't know what Biggie's status is I uh, would love to have him back uh, you know. That that would certainly be a great sequence of booking if if in fact that could that could happen. But um, yeah, I mean I'm always here for Drew on my TV. But yeah, Drew is a heel. He's just uh, for as 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 great of a person as as Matt was alluding to that he is. He especially ever since he reinvented himself and came back to WWE NXT and WWE. I mean the his look with I mean with the with the the sculpt sculpted body he has that mm-hmm. facial hair. Have you, you know, ever seen like, him in person, Justin? Yes, dude. I'm six foot four. Yeah, like legit, that dude is so much bigger than me. Like, so much. And it's a lot of wrestlers you see, like say Sid Vicious or something. You're like, huh, that's weird, right? But mm-hmm. then you see like Drew. That is a gigantic man, and he could he could carry that role of heel easily. He's he's just he's just built so solid. Um, but like, it, yeah, it, but it's not an un, it doesn't it doesn't look like. Oh, this is uh, obviously a wrestler from the 80s. This is very un- unnatural looking. He just looks like just believable, solid. Uh, but yeah, I mean, then you get the menacing Scottish accent in there. Yeah, I- I- heel Drew, I'm all for. So hopefully if, if Creative has something for him, uh, he can roll with it. I would love to see heel Drew. I thought he was so good in that role. Uh, but like you guys said about size when you see people in real life, it's weird how every wrestler, you almost get like a different reaction. You never know what you're going to get when you meet each wrestler in person. Sometimes you're like, wow, that person's massive. And sometimes like, oh, interesting. <laughs> not, not what I expected. Yeah, I was once backstage at an indie show. I was commentating and it was Falaba against another giant. You know, it was like this battle yeah. of the giants. I cannot tell you how much bigger I was than both of those fellas. Like, I cannot put into words. And I'm like, I am not going to interview guys because I am taller and bigger. This is not good. Like, but other people, Jack Swagger comes to mind. Um, Billy Gunn comes to mind. Drew McIntyre yeah. come to mind. Are li- like taller than me. And I don't like anybody taller than me. But Drew got to be <laughs> six 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 seven. He's a tall dude. Yeah, and it's, cra- and it's crazy too with, with with appreciating Drew's size and appearance now. Because if you were ever if you ever stood around him, you know when he first when when, when Vince in what two thousand nine or whatever when Vince had, had had anointed him as the chosen one or whatever the, the phrasing was, you know Drew was of course tall, but he was he didn't have the muscle mass. So if you were near him, you could marvel at his height, but he was it's kind of more just gangly, you know, uh, was just, just long limbs. And then 
like I said, he reinvented himself after he left WWE and you know and worked around the world in the Indies and then you know came back and he's just I mean it's it's, it's he's almost unrecognizable essentially. Yeah, yeah, he's he's definitely got the look for sure. Well, hopefully. Hopefully we'll see him do some more stuff. I, like I said, I think there's more lane for him in that heel role, but we'll see. Uh, speaking of people that are always talked about turning heel, Cody Rhodes comes out uh, and he wants to talk about Jay Uso, but so does Dominic Mysterio, who says that Jay Uso's joining the Judgment Day, and that is when Cody assaults Dom in the middle of the ring, Dom and JD, uh, and sends them packing. Justin, I, I pose this on Twitter. I got to pose it to you here. Why is it that Jay Uso is getting an open invite when JD is literally taking shots to the face and saving the Judgment Day week in and week out, and he can't even get an offer? Uh, because uh, he's he's not main event. JD McDonough. <laughs> no, he's not main event. Yeah, no, it, it is kind of funny. I mean, that's actually something they should probably you know try to tap into, and it could certainly be a fun segment and or match. Um, but to the Cody point here, I, I don't I'm I'm scratching my head at this point. Exactly what are we doing right now? Cody, he's still over like Rover. Everybody's doing the whoa, everybody's doing the music. I mean, everybody's feeling good. There's no there doesn't feel like there's any threat right now of turning on him or that he's being forced down or anything. It, it feels good. Um but I, I just I, what are we doing? Like, you know, he, you know, his segment his segment at payback, you know, was again was all just to bring out jay and i mean like it feels like everything he's doing is just to bring like he has nothing he has no direction himself he has no feud at the moment i mean i i know that he you know it's like it's really weird you look at he comes back at rumble and everything is obviously then built to mania for him and roman and then after that immediately after that it's he and brock from the night after mania all the way until they just blew that off uh very very nicely i might add with a great endorsement by brock at SummerSlam, and that's it i mean so eight months it's been, too, I mean, I get, I, maybe some bookers will say, oh, that's great. We've got eight months of Cody Rhodes programming and we only had to have two opponents for him. I mean, I guess, but I'm just like, what are we doing? Where are we? Is he going to have a match at Fastlane? Is he just kind of like out there to be the happy raw ambassador who's signing people? And well, I'm like, what's going on? You know, he's like the facto GM right now. Like, I don't know. I just don't know what we're doing exactly with Cody Rhodes. Yeah, Matt, I want your thoughts on where Cody Rhodes is going and, and sort of what he's doing. But also, of course, the thing that's been going around is that Jey Uso coming to Raw now means someone from Raw is going to SmackDown. And there's been a lot of speculation on who it is. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Cody Rhodes. Do you think it's one of those three or is it someone else? Well, it wouldn't be one of those three because that would make too much sense and be too great. Like Cody Rhodes going would make all the sense in the world. He's like, I arranged this trade for myself. As far as Cody goes, it makes me a little, uh, I guess, angry, I guess a little bit. I like Cody a lot. Cody's worked really hard. Cody does these freaking um, extreme matches on the house show loop and goes to a table every night. Cody stays 30 minutes after every show and signs every autograph. I've seen him do it. And so what you're seeing right now is them, yes, stretching it out, like Justin was saying, stretching it out, stretching it out, putting him in a position to fail, stretching it out taking advantage of him, making him work so hard to keep the momentum up, and he's doing it without anything else, without any help from the back, without any help from the writing team, that he's the, I know you guys don't curse on this, but he's the raw ambassador, he's the raw host, and they're really hoping, hey, Cody, just stretch this out, and you'll get your thing next year. It feels a little bit like if he starts to taper off, he won't get his thing next year, and if he does, it's against all odds. So, Good good luck to Cody because he's given nothing to do. He's being put in a position to fail. But, man, that guy has 
almost no fail in him. So we'll see what happens. But it does not make me feel like they're doing right by Cody the way he's doing by them. So you, yeah. think, they're te- you think they're testing him? I think they're, you know, old school WWE test, right? Yeah. Testing him, and if he fails, oh well. Like, and testing him, they're not, they're not even giving him a few with JD McDonough. They're giving him nothing to do, right? Like, it's a test where the the odds are stacked against him for sure. Justin, one, I, I, I think that you, that you make a good point, Matt. And uh, on the same hand, though, I don't know who he would have a match with right now that he, I wouldn't feel like he's just going to bulldoze over in any case, but. Justin, who do you think his next rivalry is going to be? But also, I just care. Do you think there is someone already picked going to SmackDown? Or is this just one of those things like trade compensation so they have an easy out later? I, I think it's maybe an easy out later because, look, I mean, the, the, it's so the the lines are so blurred between Raw and SmackDown. You know, it was, it was, it's laughable in the past when they tried to like that. Remember, there was that, that brief stint when they were really having low viewership and they were trying, it was pre-pandemic and they were trying to like, you know, raw underground and, or mm-hmm. they had like a wild card rule. Three guys could come from SmackDown for this. It, like, I, it's the blinds are blurred. You can show up on whatever. I mean, look, LA Knight, LA Knight's, I think a SmackDown superstar, but he, you know, he's having a feud with a raw superstar Miz and they show up on both. And so it's blurred lines. I think they left it open for, Maybe to Matt's point, if Cody passes this test and he stays healthy and if everything still lines up and then we start getting around to where it's time to start taking pencil to pen for our booking plans for Mania, if Cody is the guy to once again try to take down Roman Reigns, how do we get Cody over there on uh, SmackDown? Ah, remember? Trade. There's a trade hanging out there, compensation that we need that we can cash in on. So that's that. You know what I mean? If, if they wanted to go that route or, or if, they, if they wanted to go that route and it'd be different than if let's say, well, we don't want to have him win the Rumble again. So let's have somebody else win the Rumble. That person is going to challenge for the world title that's on Raw. Uh, but how do we get Cody into the Roman one? Ah, that, we get him on SmackDown, you know, and, and, he, and he earns it at Chamber or whatever events in February. So I, I do think it's probably open ended. It could be a case of where they never end up even using that. We never even get a closure to who the compensation is because they don't end up needing it. Uh, so that's the wonderful thing about pro wrestling is you can, you get the change of rules. They might've forgotten already. It happened. They might've forgotten already. It happened. That's true too. That is the, uh, so yeah, everyone in the chat, this is your question of the week in the comments or in the chat. Let me know who you think is going to be the person that's traded. Or if you think that there is no one currently picked and they're just waiting to see what happens. Uh, we got a couple of backstage segments here. I'm just going to lump them all together. Uh, Drew McIntyre approaches Jay Uso and uh, gives him an old finger wagon for what he used to do with the bloodline. And Jay says, let's fight about it next week. And Drew McIntyre, being a professional, says, that sounds like a good idea to me. Later, Finn is talking to Jay, and he's like, look, man, it's cool with what happened earlier. We're your friends. Sure, Drew and Kevin Owens and everyone else hates you, but the Judgment Day loves you. And, of course, that leads to Judgment Day talking together about how they're trying to isolate Jay Uso so that he feels like he has to join uh, the Judgment Day. Matt, what I love about this series of segments is this is exactly how a gang would actually work. They would, they would separate you, isolate you, and they make you feel like you have to join. And, and Jay Uso, with his history in very toxic, narcissistic environments, might be a little harder to manipulate than they dream, right? He may be a, a one step ahead. So one step is he just turns on everybody. The other step is he does the old accept the T-shirt, super kick everybody in the judgment day, and give Sami Zayn a kiss on the cheek. 
Justin, uh, um, Jack, how many, how many, ga- how many gangs did you, uh, did you reject their approval? I once rejected three in a single summer. How many, how many for you? <laughs> well, I grew up on the mean streets of Tacoma, so I was the prettiest girl at the ball when it came uh, to three <laughs> You were you, out of all the gang bangers, you had the best hair. I'll tell you that much. Yes, that's the, that, that's what the gangs on my street really looked for was hair and poise. That's what we cared about. I picture, I picture you as Jamie Kennedy in Malibu's Most Wanted. <laughs> it was a gang that beat you up if you weren't camera ready. That's yeah. Uh, that's probably about as close to a gang as I ever got was uh, Malibu's Most Wanted. Watch you got it. me a you got me a venti. I wanted a grande. And my friend. Uh, so Justin, I do got to say though, during these segments, Finn Balor, he's going through the list and he's like, Damien likes you. I like you. Don likes you. Rhea likes you. And best line in pro wrestling history, Jay just goes, for real? <laughs> like when he talks about Rhea Ripley, totally popped me. Absolutely loved it. Any takeaways from these segments? No, same. I don't know if it was if that was written on the page or if that was just a nice ad lib. But yeah, it was a really, really good moment. Uh, no, I mean, again, kind of going back to what, what I said when we talked about the opening segment, I just we, there's a lot of creative avenues. There's a lot of moving pieces here from Jay Uso to, of course, the dynamic with KO and Sammy to the Judgment Day's pursuit of Jay Uso to, as you said, poor JD McDonough. <laughs> Running around like, hey, pick me. So uh, there's a lot. To, there's a lot to go. And then, I mean, and I know we'll get to it, so I won't uh, blow the proverbial load just yet. Rhea Ripley, she's like kind of like the unspoken leader of this heel faction, but yet the dynamics of what's getting ready to have in her world don't present her as the heel. So uh, th- there's a lot of things going on, which that's not a bad thing because there's. That that's good. You want options in wrestling. You want options uh, to create a go to WWE. Of course, we've seen far too many times in past years. It's been better under the quote unquote Triple H uh, creative regime. But prior to that, we saw very one dimensional, very yeah. so straightforward and predictable booking. It was just painful. So I like that again. They are setting themselves up for situations. And you know, we kind of have this lull right now. You know, we're in the start of the fall. So of course, the football and the TV competition ramps up. Yeah, fast lane next month. Eh, you know, a B a B level show. But then you have Survivor, you have uh, Saudi Arabia, and then you have Survivor Series. I've always said I thought Survivor Series has fallen out fallen out of favor as one of the big four. Uh, I know what tradition on tradition is, but I think that Money in the Bank has replaced its spot in terms of the big four in terms of storyline relevancy. But I will say, with all that WWE's got going on on both shows, but especially when you look at Judgment Day and Imperium, and then KO and Sammy and Jay Uso and then Bloodline over here, it does make it has the makings for Survivor Series to be very intriguing this year, depending on how things shake out in the next two months. It is quite the gang warfare in WWE these days. Um, a gang that is a two-person gang is Chelsea Green's tag team uh, situation. Shayna Baszler's talking about how impressed she is with Zoe Stark. Chelsea Green is like, hey, do you want to be my tag team partner? And before Shayna Baszler could break Chelsea's arm, Piper Niven shows up. They have a match, Chelsea Green and Shayna Baszler, that is. And Baszler basically dominates this thing until the end, or until she wins. Then at the end, uh, Niven comes in. They start to brawl. Zoe Stark runs in and makes the save. Matt, uh, what are your thoughts on this new tag team, Zoe Stark and Shayna Baszler? Is it hitting for you, or does this feel like random team paired together because we need a challenger? Well, it's the women's tag team division, so we all know it's a random assortment. But possible hopes for different singles getting elevated. And right now it looks like it's Chelsea Green. Chelsea Green comes out uh, when she first starts with this Karen character, but she's so committed to it. She's getting better at it every single week. I was thinking today, man, she might – 
be in that in one of the women's main events at WrestleMania at this point because she is maximizing every TV moment and uh, outshining everybody on the screen with her. I agree with you. I was actually thinking Royal Rumble. Uh, I could see her doing the thing where she's not in the ring most of the time or, you know, sneaking around and hiding throughout it until the very end and somehow getting a win there because I agree with you. She she takes over the screen. Um, Justin, I this was, I like I like the idea of the team of Baszler and Stark, but again, it goes back to I wish we could see them have a few matches before they looked like they were the number one contenders. Yeah, this whole thing, you know, and I like all the women involved. I think they're all, excuse me, I think they're all talented. But, you know, Piper, Chelsea, Zoe, Shayna, I mean, they're all still, I believe, still heels. So that's kind of, it's like, who who am I supposed to be, who's who's likable here? Who am I I cheering for? Who am I feeling bad for? Or whatever. Um, I agree with everything you guys said about Chelsea. She, I mean, Matt said it. She is, she's so committed. It's, it's working. Um, you know, we, we've we've joked, not joked. I mean, we joke, but it is reality on, the, on, the, on this podcast that the women's tag division is just so cursed in terms of getting any type of sustained momentum. Going all the way back to the Sasha Banks uh, Naomi departure, and and I and I just and again, like you know, Piper Niven, she was the new partner because of what uh, you know, you know, it's like uh, of injuries, and and then she has an illness and she's out. It's like part of me feels like unless you can have a women's only show even if it's just on peacock or whatever unless you have more tv time to give women's dedicated programming i feel like that you are just trying you're just forcing the tag a women's tag division i just i don't feel like there's just enough there's not enough time to develop tag teams there's certainly again it's just been cur- there's not there's, the curse has not helped in terms of trying to get any consistency and sustainability of teams um i'm not saying they should just throw the titles in the garbage but i i just Women's tag, it just see again, it just feels forced. It feels like, oh, we got we got to have a women's tag team title belts because we're trying so hard to have a equi- you know a certain amount of equality. And well, if the men have tag team, then certainly the women have to. And I just don't necessarily think that it's presenting. It's 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 forcing situations. It's not necessarily presenting everybody in the best light. Um, like like Shayna and Zoe again could be interesting, but I feel like it needs more time. And and it, like you know, I want to see more teams uh, have ha- have matches and have and, and earn things, but we just haven't really been able to get that. I'll even take it a little more cynically than that. Like, basically, WWE's never been behind the division, and it's just been a convenient way to get four women on screen at the same time. It's, I mean, like, I've always felt like they can, they definitely have the roster to do it, but it's going to take the, you're going to have to eat some random tag teams being put together, having random matches, so we can get to learn who some of these people are. But even, even still, they have Caden Carter and Katana Chance. They have Isla Dawn and Alba Fire, two teams that just got called up that just aren't being used. So they even have tag teams that they that are ready to go. But yeah, it's just it's just not getting the time. And it, it's not unlike what they feel about tag team wrestling altogether. It's just kind of a combination of what they feel about women's wrestling and tag team wrestling put in the same division. And there you go. No, yeah, it. I agree because you know while if you you know. Tag team wrestling, when done right, can be a beautiful, beautiful art. You know, it can make such exciting scenarios and and stories. But I I do agree that more often than not, in today's WWE, tag team wrestling is convenient if, well, we need a main event with a bunch of winners, and we don't want to have to have, you know, any one guy do too much of the workload. So here's a way to, let's do it, let's do it, let's do a tag team, let's do a six-man, because... 
that that way no you know we it, it's 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 an easier night for everybody but we get a whole bunch of we get six good entrances uh for the for the live crowd as we're going you know so it's like it's not that they want tag team wrestling they just again want more more names out there at one time uh to kind of check them off on the on the on the okay well we got them out there yeah so hopefully they build it but i'm not gonna hold my breath as we move on to uh shinsuke nakamura cutting a video promo where he says uh about Seth Rollins, the your path to success is lined with the bodies of those who trusted you, which is just a ice cold line, not as good as Jay Uso saying for real, but still a good one. Um, then Seth Rollins comes out and says he's he is a manipulator, he is the Messiah, but now he's going to be himself, and he says that he's here to fight. And even though management doesn't want him to, and they want him to slow down, he's the workhorse. Shinsuke's music hits, but he's just too busy beating up Ricochet to have a match today. Justin, why is Ricochet catching all these strays lately? It feels like he's always just in the wrong place at the wrong time. He's just the he's the best friend, right? You know, all the rom coms is always the best friend that just kind of the you know the one that gets the heart broken, the one that can't find love, or the one that takes the all the low shots, and that that's Ricochet. Ricochet is the best friend right now. Um, yeah, you know, it's Seth. Is, I love the presentation of Shinsuke. We talked about they finally, have, you know, doing letting him speak in his native language and and having the subtitles. It, it's it's. It's been some of the best presentation of Shinsuke Nakamura since his early days in NXT. Uh, I still don't have any believability that he's going to take the title from Seth Rollins, but nonetheless, it's good to see Shinsuke kind of get that elevation. And for Rollins, I don't know. He says he's gonna he's gonna be the closest thing to his true form. I mean, he. I don't really believe that this is. I mean, you know, Seth is out there. He does the maniacal laugh, the goofy outfits, and and the whatever. Yes, he's a workhorse. He can go in the ring with anybody. Never deny that. But. Uh, I'll be interested to see where he's going with this. Like in terms of, we're going to see like the real Seth Rollins. I don't think this is. I don't think you're, you're doing any of this uh, at home there uh, uh, with your with your wardrobe and your laugh. Matt, do you like this presentation of Seth Rollins? Personally, I love it. I love that they call it the Joker, Seth Rollins. I think he's wildly entertaining, but I know he rubs some people the wrong way. What side of the fence are you on? I'm on the side of the fence that he is a workhorse. He he is filling that position that they need. He's not overfilling that position. This is, you know, and I'm going to allude to what Justin said, like Seth Rollins, don't be yourself, buddy. Like, we've seen it. Don't do it. Be this guy. You know, this is, I hope he finds something else that works better for him. But this seems to work well. They fell into the song, which works for a variety of reasons. This over-the-top personality, fans started cheering ironically, and then all of a sudden it's a real thing, right? And then now he has a secondary belt. Man, he is... Like he, like a lot like Cody Rhodes, right? He's filling this role and working as hard as he can work. You can't say one bad thing about him, but is he creating a character that supersedes the creative, that supersedes the moment? Rarely, and in this case, in my opinion, no. Well, we'll have to see if uh, he goes back just being normal old Seth Rollins or he's going to continue being the <laughs> Seth Rollins. That's my favorite Seth Rollins. I like to laugh in Seth Rollins. Uh, but we'll have to see as we get to Imperium, they show up dressed to the nines and we get a great visual of all of them in the ring with Gunther standing on a podium and fireworks going off to celebrate being the longest reigning intercontinental champion in history, which is kind of crazy to say. I thought I would die thinking Honky Tonk Man was the longest reigning intercontinental champion in history. Uh, eventually, Chad so, Gable. So, so did Honky Tonk Man. So did I. I he probably did. Well, hey, he, he probably still does. <laughs> it's not too late. He can get back in the ring and just wrestle for a couple of years. Beat Gunther. Come on, you can do it, honky tonk. Um, 
Anyways, Chad Gable comes out and talks about his family and how he's going to, he swears to God, he's going to win the IC title. And then Gunther says that Gable's a great athlete, but a terrible father. Then Imperium attacks. Then Otis comes out. Numbers game is an issue until Tommaso Ciampa comes out. And we are getting a six-man tag team match later that the good guys get the win for. Uh, Matt, what are your thoughts on Imperium? Love Imperium. Love Imperium. I think the big payoff down the road is Kaiser and, and Gunther, right? Kaiser's great. Love mm -hmm. Kaiser. But I think they did this all wrong. I think this was impatience. What happened with with uh, Chad Gable last week, we talked about tag teams earlier. You know, uh, my best friend in the industry, and probably my only friend in the industry, Dax Harwood, right? Dax is like, Chad Gable is the most underrated wrestler in the world. Anytime he came up, I said, Angelo Dawkins is underrated. He'd be like, no, you know who's underrated? He always <laughs> said Chad Gable, right? This was a perfect opportunity to reset Chad Gable. Take him off TV just for a couple weeks. Maybe change the outfit a little bit. Get rid of the shush a little bit. Let the crying kid motivate him. Some vignettes or something. But I think they watered down that whole experience by rushing him back in a six-man with Ciampa. And honestly, Otis, God love him, but he defines down Gable with every every moment he shares the ring with him. So I think it was a blown opportunity the way they saw what happened last week. They said, let's stretch this out instead of really believing in Gable, really giving him that push, really taking him off TV for a couple of weeks, giving him a new look. Well, you know, Justin, I was going to ask you about Champa getting involved in this and whether or not you liked the move. Cause it felt like it was kind of out of nowhere, but now I've got this, this, uh, this spicy hot take on Chad Gable breaking away from alpha Academy. I want your thoughts on, on Champa, but I also want you to enjoy this spicy curry of a take on Chad Gable. Well, the Champa thing makes no sense. It's random. It's, 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 it makes no sense. Um, I love Chad Gable. You know this. I, I, I've, I've said, it. I, I think I even tweeted it tonight. I always, I look at Chad Gable and I'm like, he can do this pro wrestling. He can do the sports entertainment. Chad Gable is the perfect hybrid of Kurt Angle and Owen Hart. You know, that is my that is my Chad Gable definition, and, I, and that, that and that's a, that's a total compliment, right? Both both Kurt Angle and, and Owen Hart were great natural athletes, uh, especially more on the Owen side, a little undersized, great athleticism. But oh, by the way, they could also just entertain the hell out of you just on a on a on a segment on a promo, and Chad, Chad Gable couldn't do that. I, you know, I, I on the one hand with with Matt saying I um I could buy into why that would be good. Take him off TV for a few weeks even some vignettes, what have you. But I'm convinced, sadly, that Chad Gable's not going to beat Gunther for this IC title. Right. If he was, he would have done it already. Um, I know some might make the argument, no, they just wanted to have Gable. They wanted to let Gunther get past Honky Tonk Man's actual date, and then we'll have somebody dethrone him. But I think if that was the case... They would have never given us the Gable match last Monday. They would have just wait. They, they would have, they would have bought some time. That's not hard to do in WWE. They would have bought a week or two and made us that way. Gable was the first challenger after Gunther has beat Honky Tonk Man dates, and, and he has that. And then he could have dethroned him. But the fact that he lost, the fact that he was the last line of defense for Gunther before Gunther needs to get to that date, and Gable came up short, that tells me WWE does not plan on Gable being the the IC champion and the one that dethrones. Gunther. Hopefully, Gable still gets some favorable booking, and I agree. I think he needs to break. Uh, uh, as much as WWE loves the comedy, and Otis is like their little Chris Farley, I think you do. There needs to be some separation. 
for Gable to be taken seriously, he needs to kind of be moved away from some of that. Um, but yeah, I don't think, uh, and they obviously value Gunther. I've said it before. I know Triple H, uh, you know, that Gunther's a he's a big fan of his and, and and that project. And I I've predicted an outline booking that I think next year at Mania, it's Gunther's not an IC champion at that point, but I think it's Gunther versus Brock Lesnar. I think that's Brock Lesnar's WrestleMania match is Gunther, and I think that's going to be that, that's a Triple H vision uh, all the way. Uh, but I think if Gable is going to be the one to do it, it would have happened already, and it hasn't happened. So uh, I think they're just stringing us along with a little bit more here of the emotions and heartstrings. Promo is very engaging. I think Gunther and Chad Gable is probably the best story they have going. You know, considering that Cody's kind of just as we said floundering around doing the ambassador thing, and Roman's just kind of being the head of the table. He's somehow sometimes on TV, sometimes not. I think for all things considered. Uh, what we got with Gable and Gunther is the best story WWE is telling right now, week to week. And it's it's interesting what you say because I agree with you 100% on that. And I know that doesn't make for great podcasting to agree 100%. But, <laughs> but what you said in my world, it was if they believed in Chad Gable, you know, like that, that if they believed in Chad Gable, they take him off TV. But what you're saying is hundred percent true. The very fact that they had that match and that segment lets you know what they thought about Chad Gable. And he's not the guy that's going to beat Gunther. And that's a great call. Well, I disagree. Agreeing is great for podcasts. I don't know. I just wanted to play on that. But uh, I will say my, my big takeaway, the thing that I didn't like about that. Now I enjoyed the segment in its, on its own in a vacuum, but I can already see that we're going to see Gunther versus probably Otis again. We're going to see Gunther versus uh, Champa at some point. We're probably going to see Vinci and uh, Kaiser in some sort of arrangement of those people to help kill time until we get to Chad Gable and Gunther again. And it bums me out that I can already see that trail we're walking, even though I know it's going to be a good match down the road. I'm like, how do we need to go through all this? We know where we're going, but um, yeah, Champa seemed weird to me. I thought something was going to happen at the end of it. Actually, I thought he was going to like turn on Alpha Academy or something, but because it was so random. But eh, he's on TV, so that's good. Uh, <laughs> Lowered <laughs> expectations. <laughs> if you keep the expectations real low, you'll find that you're not disappointed very often. Jack, how well can you do the limbo under that low bar? <laughs> Not very well. <laughs> well, he's on TV and he's not dead. So yes. there you go. He's doing, great. <laughs> doing fantastic. <laughs> no Akira Tozawa, but doing okay. Uh, Tiffany Stratton is backstage talking to Adam Pierce, and Becky Lynch shows up. And Tiffany wants to know what Becky's big deal is with her. And Be Becky Lynch says she wasn't even paying attention to the dead end title reign of Tiffany Stratton. And they're going to have a match tomorrow. Justin, I, I'm a positive guy. This whole thing rubbed me the wrong way. I thought Tiffany Stratton did a, presented herself well. Becky Lynch did the Becky Lynch thing. But I felt like the way this was presented did not make me interested in seeing their match tomorrow. What about you? Uh, to an extent, I will agree with, with that. Uh, you know, word on the street was there was a, a lot of... Um... Uh, a lot of changes that happened in the final hours before Raw went to TV, which I find that to be ironic considering today is the last day that a McMahon <laughs> is the majority owner and decision maker of WWE as, as the TK hold, TKO Holdings uh, merger is expected to close tomorrow, Tuesday, the 12th. Mm -hmm. So that's there's some irony there. Um, no, I agree. I, I think, I, I, first off, I love the, I love Becky going to NXT. I've been, I, I was saying this back in the traditional black and gold NXT when Triple H was still running that, that I thought 
there should be, you know, when, when they were able to go to Brooklyn and sell out Barclays Center for takeovers and that, I thought that there should have been more crossover. I thought that you should have took some established names from Raw SmackDown and had them do some, um, some crossover and and have a big match for a takeover. What have you. I thought it all? I thought it warranted. I thought the the environment warranted it, and that would help the brand. They didn't ever really do much of that. I like them doing that now, especially because I presume the Triple H and Shawn Michaels, who runs NXT now, they're on the same wavelength, so they can. They, so there's some there's some continuity here, you know. Uh, so I like Becky being the next in line after Dom and Rhea and some of the other crossovers we've seen go down to NXT. But to that point, but to all to that being said, I think that the signing of a contract or what I, I, I think it felt like a little bit of a throwaway that it's happening right there backstage in Adam Pierce's office. I thought that's something that you should make some time for out in front of the live audience. Let the live audience know, hey, go home tomorrow and turn on the TV Tuesday and watch NXT. I, I, it, felt, it did feel less priority the way they presented it uh backstage again maybe maybe in the initial script maybe it was supposed to be in the ring maybe they gave another match more time which that bumped it to a backstage pre-tape who knows All, a lot it's a, it could be a, a million things that we won't know the answer to but i agree it did feel secondary when it should be something that's a big deal you're taking becky freaking lynch who has been in a main event of wrestlemania and you're you're putting her on the tuesday show the tuesday show that, that has momentum right now with, with rising viewership that should be touted in a bigger manner not just stuffed away in, in adam pierce's closet backstage yeah i and matt one of the things the thing that really i guess griped me about this and i tend to judge becky lynch harshly so that's so i'll just put that out there but i felt like you're trying to sell me on this match when they have seth rollins go to nxt he's like braun breaker is the next big thing i want to really test myself i'm a workhorse and you're a great challenge i'm going to be a part of this you know dom is like Hey, maybe I should become a champion. Maybe I should be the North American champion. That'd be great. Becky Lynch, I guess it, it rubs me the wrong way that we've got this champion here. And she's like, I wasn't even paying attention to you. Your title reign is dead. And it like, it's, I felt like I get it. You're supposed to trash talk your opponent, but this felt like the wrong kind of trash talk and the wrong character. You know, I think with Becky Lynch, I think sometimes she just comes off that way. Like she's not someone who talks you in a building so much as her presence excites people when she goes to the ring you know she's uh someone who uh uh you know they could have done a better job but you know it's gonna be funny when the ratings come back and you'll find out dominic mysterio is a bigger draw than becky lynch is on nxt but to justin's point first of all i gotta disagree that black and gold era to me was perfect i can't i went to all those barclays shows and oh my god i can't even i mess with any of it but you have to give them credit because with dominic and Seth, they have really, and Rhea, they've mastered the art of the cameo, of the drop-in, and how to maximize it. It's not really for me. It doesn't really excite me. But, man, those ratings don't lie. So you got to give it up for WWE for finally figuring out a way to integrate the rosters in a meaningful way that that is metrically you know, noticeable. Justin, I got one more thing on this one. This part is um... – the other company, AEW, we, we talk sometimes about them, how sometimes they don't follow up on things very well. And sometimes they'll do something great, and then they leave it kind of stranded. Austin Theory beats John Cena, someone many people call the greatest of all time, and they kind of forget about it. Now I'm looking at Becky Lynch, who just beat Trish Stratus, someone who a lot of people say is the greatest of all time. And instead of going for, you know, like the the raw title or something like that she's going to nxt do you feel like they're sort of 
dropping the ball after the momentum Becky Lynch should have right now? I mean, it is a yeah, it is a questionable sequence. You're right to have this long a few that I thought went a little bit too long with Trish, and then have again the big blow off uh, gimmick match of a cage and, and beating her. Um, yeah, and then you know, I, I, yeah, I can see that being the case. I, I, I think I could buy into it because again, they had Tiffany Stratton at at payback, and they, they've been trying to like you know they've been trying to plant the seed here that there's this issue. Uh, but I, but I, 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 I think to your, to the point of. You know, you're kind of trashing the title reign and this and that. I, it isn't. It is an interesting sequence. It goes back to I, the, the women's divisions. I think in all kinds of different crazy directions. Um, of 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 who do they have? Who do they want to use? Where where do they want things? Um, it points to know. Tiffany winning, right? I, you you would think. I yes. If I was if I was to put money on it, I would think this this points Tiffany. I don't see Becky Lynch be- becoming the NXT Women's Champion. I don't, you know, after trash talking her, the title, the division, and then yeah. she goes in as a babyface and beats her. I don't see unless that. unless Becky's getting ready to take some more time off, and so they figure, well, if we're gonna, if, if she's going to be off, we might as well get we might as well let somebody cash in on that. It, can Becky lose the title and then just or lose the match and then just go, oops, I guess I lost and walk away, or? I, she could lose, but I think I think she needs to disappear for a little bit. That's what I mean. I think she'd have to disappear for a little bit, resurface at Rumble or something. You know, she she, I don't see how she just loses on Tuesday, and then shows back up next Monday on Raw and cuts the promo that she's the man. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think <laughs> that's what I mean. If she so if she's taking some time, if she's asked for some time, some time off, going into the fall, going to the holidays, maybe she has an injury that she needs to heal up or something. If that's the case, okay, then again, let's let somebody cash in. And let's get the rub for being able to write Becky off TV, um, and so let's do that with 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 Tiffany Stratton. But uh, but if that's not the case, then I'm I'm I'm, I'm then I'll be really watching tomorrow uh, closely to what they're unless to do. it's like a full passing of the torch endorsement situation, you know, where it's like she beat me fair and square, we'll be together again. But this is the next star of the women's division where they're shooting Tiffany Stratton up to the top of the rocket. But Tiffany Stratton would be an interesting gimmick to do that though with her to to basically do what Brock just did to Cody. That would be like I would I don't know. I mean I but I, I agree with the logic of what you're saying, Matt. But that that that, that would surprise me if if Tiffany Stratton is the the character they decide for Becky to, you know, give that. Yeah, yeah, that that because that is a pretty big thing to do. But I guess you got to tune into NXT to find out. We'll see. We'll see what happens over there. So I guess the segment worked. <laughs> yeah, I guess the segment worked. All my naysaying, and here I am saying I got to tune in to find out. Uh, that's why I'm not a booker. You'll you'll find uh, you'll find rather quickly that my booking ideas not good. You're not going to want to stick with my ideas. So none of ours are. None uh, of ours. Nobody's. Yes. Yeah. Justin's are good. I always give him the pencil. But uh, most fans on Twitter. They're awful. Twitter, Twitter bookers, just give it up. It's not working. Uh, Raquel Rodriguez has a match with Rhea Ripley for the title, and no Judgment Day can be at ringside. Um, it's a, it, it's a fun one. It's hard hitting. It's a slugfest. We even get an Eddie Guerrero frog splash. But fellas, the story is at the end when Nia Jack shows up, gets involved, costs Raquel Rodriguez the match, but then lays out Rhea Ripley. And basically is standing tall at the end of the night. Justin, I know you are a huge fan of Rhea Ripley and uh, Raquel Rodriguez. I've never heard your thoughts on Nia Jax. How did you feel? What, how did you feel about the surprise at the end of this show? And uh, 
Nia Jax. I mean, she's not like most girls. <laughs> um, first off, when they had this as the main event, you know, again, they always try to end the shows with some type of something, some type of cliffhanger or surprise or something. So I was, you know, for a match, it's not the first time of these two meeting each other. I was, that's what I was, as I'm watching that in Monday Night Football, I'm like, all right, how are they going to end Raw to justify this is in the main event? Um, funny enough, we did a little chair shot reality mini reunion a few weeks ago leading up to payback. And me and the guys were talking about how I, I started the conversation by saying that Rhea is just so dominant and she's just on such another level of, beyond any of the other females on NWB that, yeah, you know, yeah, Raquel has the stature physically, but I, I, you know, they they need to tell me more of Raquel's backstory and maybe Raquel will circle back later, but it's not there yet. They, I, I felt like they, they've ran out of challengers for Rhea like legit challengers and they almost needed to introduce whether it was a call up from NXT or a free agent signing. They need to have a fresh female talent come back in and also need to be somebody of physical stature that could, you know, be believable. You couldn't bring in somebody who's five foot four, you know, you just, I just didn't feel it was going to work. And somebody in their conversation had said about Nia Jax. So interesting that that's what happened. Now what's what, what, what I pose to you guys is, is here's the real kind of funny dynamic. And, and I, I, tweeted something just before we started this podcast and so and so far all the twitter or i guess x whatever response has been just so overly negative about nia Jax about she's a terrible worker she's dangerous she's going to injure Rhea. so it's like give nia Jax, who's kind of like a dirty dom everybody loves to boo her for one reason or another so you have nia Jax, who's clearly the heel and tonight she displayed heel antics she attacks Rhea. after the match she does like a bonsai drop she slaps Rhea's face so nia is clearly the heel and then you have Rhea, who the crowd has been gravitating to want to kind of cheer because she just she's Rhea Ripley, but yet she's in a group that everybody else is booed. So, like, does this lead to Rhea like do her Judgment Day compadre start to like, you know, get mad that she's being cheered to the audience? Do like I'll be interested to see. What do you guys think? How do they play this? Because it's clearly going to be Nia and Rhea moving forward, but Nia is not going to be positioned as a babyface in any which way. The crowd ain't going to have that. Yeah, well, she, she, I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead, Jack. No, no, you, you take, take it away. So, you know, Rhea is the ultimate tweener a lot of ways. Like, that's an issue she's been having where fans don't want to see her win, fans don't want to see her lose, but they do want to see her. Yeah. You know, which, not because not she's really a spectacular wrestler in a lot of ways, but just because of her presence and her character, the way she carries herself, she's great. I had the same thought you had watching the show. I'm like, I literally had the thought... This is when someone would debut because you, the, neither one of them is going to be this huge moment if they win where they can be on the turnbuckle and throw the graphic on the bottom, right? That's not the moment. So you're, and I'm thinking, nope, nobody. I can't think of anybody. And then out comes Naya, you know. Um, as far as your question, I don't. I think they're going to allow Naya to stay or Rhea to stay exactly where she is. I don't talk bad about wrestlers. I don't talk bad about. You know, like the way they wrestle or someone's good or someone's bad. But with Nia Jax, I do have concern every time she touches somebody, every time she does something that she might hurt them. So I'm not saying I know what I'm talking about because I don't. I've never been in a ring, but I've seen injuries a few times with her. And I'm saying that's a natural reaction I have when I see her do things like the bonsai drop. And I go, oh, my God, I hope she did that right. I don't have that thought about any other wrestler on the planet. Maybe it's unfair, but that's the way I feel. And for that reason, I wasn't particularly thrilled to have her back. I do wish her luck, and I do wish everybody uh, safety as well. 
Matt, if I had come to you and said, let's say five years ago and said, who do you think the last superstar that's going to be on camera, the last show that Vince McMahon is the ruler of the WWE for, how many names would you say before you got to Nia Jax? I'd start with uh, Tiffany Stratton. And then, um, yeah, probably Nia before, yeah, a lot of names, a lot of names. But they did need that moment. It was a moment. To be fair to Nia Jack, she is a commodity. She does have a presence. It will get people's interest. But at the same time, those concerns are there. And I don't think they're unfounded. I don't think I'm crazy for thinking that. Like, didn't she hurt our truth? You know, like. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't. I know there's been a lot of reports of her having issues. I, I'll be honest, I don't know any off the top of my head, so I don't want to speak out of line. But uh, I'll, get, I'll I give you. I'll there give, are some that, that I, I do know it's come up a lot. I'll give you a fun fact that that uh, I can pull out is obviously as as regulars of this podcast know me being here in Pittsburgh and IWC wrestling in our wrestling academy here, uh, wrestling school. You know, one of the, our one of our shining success stories is is, is Doctor Britt Baker. You know, she had her first match with us. She trained with us, and uh, Britt was actually a was used as the as the you know local talent. That's right for Nia Jax's yeah. TV debut, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Britt got her nose busted open by Nia uh, here in Pittsburgh, that and then that Raw debut of Nia Jax. So, I kind of like Matt said, I don't want to talk about wrestlers. I don't know, you know. I mean, I you know, but I, I yeah, same thing. You just I, I hope if if WWE decided to bring Nia Jax back. And obviously, she is, by an extension of the family tree, part of. She is part of the bloodline. 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 If you if you if you start going out on branches here, so that probably gets her a little bit of cachet. Uh, it gets I, her I, a little bit of job too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I hope. Uh, same. I I I don't from a, from the optic standpoint of again, fans react. They want to boo Nia Jax. You can't. You can't buy that. You don't. You know, there's a lot of women that they have on the on the roster right now that the fans just don't get much reaction to, for one reason or another. Mostly because the fans haven't enough time to get to know who the person is and invest in the character, or whatever. But fans feel strongly about Nia Jax. So on that measurement, I'm all for them bringing Nia Jax back. And again, from the physical stature, she is a she poses a threat to Rhea Ripley. All those things checks the boxes. Uh, but like we've all said, let's just hope that everything is handled correctly and 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 everybody's uh making money and staying healthy to do so and that, that this doesn't backfire but i i but on paper i'm all for the nijax uh positioning here and will be interesting to see i've even seen the chat say some things like maybe eventually nijax joins judgment day and that replaces rhea ripley or, or dom's cheating on mommy with it so you know yeah you know, i I'm would all, love always, that always, <laughs> i've been saying for the last i've been saying for the last six months that the dom well, the dom rhea stuff's money right uh, I was like, we gotta have a Judgment Day wedding of the two of them. But of course, no wrestling wedding just goes smoothly, right? So when it comes time for somebody to object or for some, you know, for some swerve to happen, you know, when you gotta have the swerve, bro. Uh, yeah. What's the what's the swerve, bro? It's it, it's it, it's dir- Dirty Dom getting dirty with somebody else, and it's Nia Jax, you know, and uh, now Rhea's full fledged babyface, something along those lines. Nia Jax would be the perfect person for that role too. The what I like about Nia Jax is that she is very like a Baron Corbin in that for some people legitimately don't like her for for whatever the reasons are. Not in the you know obviously in pro wrestling these days so many of the bad guys are people we all love but we we 
we boo because we're supposed to, even though we all really like them. Nia Jax, people hate. People just like they hate Baron Corbin. They have that like legitimate, like I'm booing you. I want you to lose this match. And but yet, but yet, no, but yet, and you're exactly right, Jack. And this is what drives me crazy about a certain sect of fans today. You say all that, and I completely agree with you. Yet, if I then turn to that fan that can't stand Baron Corbin and I say, he's doing his job. He is a great heel, and he does get the job done in the ring for what's asked him. They go, "Oh no, no, he's he's it's it's go away, it's it's X Pac heat, it's go away heat." I don't like him. It's no, you are you are you feel like you are being out. You want to outsmart the wrestlers. You want you want to like the you want to give admiration to the best bad guys. No, they they they've managed to hit an emotion. Mm-hmm. And you can't handle that. You feel like you've been worked. It's okay to be worked. We all should want to be worked because that's the goal of it is that we can get so wrapped up emotionally. You you feel that you are so smart that you can't be outsmarted. There's no way Baron Corbin could ever outsmart you. And, and make it, it drives me crazy, that portion of a fan that feels that they are above um, feeling what they're supposed to heal, feel about a heel, but they just want to like the guys that are the best, that play the best bad guys. It drives me nuts. I agree with you. I, 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 I don't like the, 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 the good heel. I, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, I like it when I really want them to lose, when I right. really want them to get beat up. Right. And people like AW, you know, I almost tweeted it, but then the AW fans, whatever, you know, and I'm cool. I support AW 100%. AW doesn't really have anybody who's, but you want to see get kicked, you know, like you need those bad guys. Hogan, for sure. Orndorff, Piper, you know what I'm saying? Austin, for sure. Vince mm-hmm. McMahon. Like, it, you have to have those guys in there. And that's what WWE does well right now. Right now, Raw is filled with guys that you don't mind seeing them get their butts kicked. You want it, you'll pay money to see them get their butts kicked. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's a different level of making money, in my opinion, than I want to see a good match if you're choosing between those two concepts. I'll tell you, I, I it'll stand out forever. I was at WrestleMania this year, and when Dom came out for his match, like Dom and Ray. I mean, it was in LA, so obviously there's going to be a hometown feel there a little bit. But like the at least the people I was standing next to at the time, like we were all so into that match. And they're not the people you think of having five star. Well, Ray is, but Dom isn't someone who's like a five star match guy that you think of right off the bat. But people were so into it, wanting to see him get beat up, wanting to see him get his. Now I think people kind of like dom because it is so cool to boo him but uh yeah uh um naya and baron corbin i think they, they're the two that stick out to me is just still have that like people just hate them and um, i mean baron corbin's issue is he was put in a lot of positions maybe before he should have been and he was miscast a lot of things but every single time he did his job the best he could possibly do you can't be mad at baron corbin for booking himself against kurt angle because guess what he didn't <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I would say uh, I'm going to shout out Goodfella here. Uh, QT and Callis, probably best analogy for AEW. Yeah, Don Callis is not beloved by the fans of AEW uh, for the right reasons. I think I, I'm a, I like to boo Don Callis also. So, well, and, I, and I hate I hate the you know the terminology of, of a five star match. I hate the fact that a five star match has become. It's believed that a five star match has to be. <laughs> from a work rate of moves standpoint, when it's if you're a guy like Dom or, or, or whatever, if you're somebody who can get a whole lot of reaction out of, out of doing one move or one thing or like that, that's 
that's four star, that's five star, that's whatever. That, that doesn't have to, that the five star should not have to mean, oh, they did the most moves per minute ratio. This objective yeah. artistic analysis. Yeah. Where you say, I have a standard of what I feel is a good match. And, but it's about the reaction of the crowd. Wrestlers say it's about what draws the most money, which I would argue is the reaction of the crowd. When you talk about um, Jack, I was there too. When you see Ray versus Dom, when you see the Usos versus Sammy and Kevin, and you see fans invested in winners and losers. WWE in the little window where Triple H took over fixed a lot of stuff with with a and it takes a lot of work to undo if they tried to and it's really had this lasting impact where he's coming across as a bigger star you're chewing you're you're cheering the good guys you're booing the bad guys as as tough as a three-hour show is to watch you got to give it up for wbe for really flourishing in this moment 2023 i will say a final thing on five-star matches my two favorite matches it goes back and forth depending on the mood is hogan versus goldberg and hogan versus the rock and not a lot of super kicks in either of those um but if, a lot of fans, li- a lot of fans in the seats, though. Uh, I, and if, I, and, if yeah. and if you if you look at uh, 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 what's his nuts name, uh, 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 if you look at Meltzer's five, <laughs> what's his nuts could be a lot of people. Uh, yeah, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> and say slap nuts. Yeah. If you, I don't, I don't think he gave a five star rating to to Rock and Hogan at Mania eighteen. You know, uh, a night that 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 two guys. I mean, and that and that tells you everything you need to know yeah. about ratings. Yeah, so let's uh, let's wrap this up here. We've done our hour. Uh, we're going to go around, and everyone in the chat, let me know what your overall thoughts of the show were as we go around the horn. Matt, I'll let you go first. Overall thoughts of Raw tonight, and where can the world find you online? Uh, you can find me online right now, just on Twitter, at Matt Coon Music. I'll probably be doing some podcasting and videos and stuff like that as well. Thanks for having me on. I think I'm on next week as well, and I think we're gonna, we had a lot of fun this week. Overall... I thought the Raw was good. I think they made a real effort. And I think effort is what counts. I'm talking about a creative effort, production effort. The wrestlers were great. They're filling those their roles. It's not a it's not a home run for me, but man, it was pretty good. I'd give it like a B plus. You know, I like that you said that the effort, because I feel like sometimes people think I'm overly positive, but a lot of times I look at the, like, what were they trying to do? Did it work or not? Maybe, I don't know. But like, what were they trying to do is a lot of times what I look at and yeah, That's I teach kids music, so all I talk about is effort all day long. So effort is all you got, you know, and when WWE is lazy, they're lazy, there's nothing worse. But right now, they're hitting on all cylinders in a lot of ways. Hopefully, they find something for Cody to do. And Justin, where can we find you, and what did you think of the show? The show was okay. I, for, you know, again, three-hour show as we talk about every week. Is, that's a tough thing to do. But you know, they're in a, they're in this weird spot. We're in the start again of fall. You know, you have two again B-level premium live events in a row. That is what it is. You know, again, they're accounting for the for football coming back and and and, and fall programming. So, you know, they're they're not going to necessarily put forth all. They're not going to have their best guns all on the front line right now. So I thought for what it was that there's a lot of stuff, as we talked about, that's worth uh, investing in and, and following. And so we'll see where it goes. I agree with what Matt said. There was an effort. It was like, okay, again, we might not, we're not going to be using Brock Lesnar right now. We're not going to be using Logan Paul right now. We're not going to be using uh, Pat McAfee. Right? You know, we're not going to be using some guys who are, you know, easy, 
you know, marquee, you know, flashes. Uh, but here's who we are using, and let's put the best effort forth with 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 these guys and girls. And so that's happening. And so I, I commend them for that. So it was what it was. I'm, there's things I'm tuned in for next week. Let's see what happens. Uh, in terms of following me on social media, at Justin Labar across the social media, uh, here on Monday nights, here on Wednesday nights, every Friday on Busted Open Radio and Sirius XM, with myself, Dave LaGreca, and Thunder Rosa. So Spar with Labar is always fun there. Uh, and yeah, looking forward to with uh, you guys next Monday to see where we're at. And again, tomorrow, huge day. Uh, if you're watching live, or I guess we are in tomorrow, if you're on the East Coast time. Uh, September 12th, it is believed to be, that is when the merger of WWE and Endeavor will be complete and they will become TKO Holdings, which, again, for the first time, dating back to WWE, WWF, WWWF, Capital Wrestling, A. McMahon will not be in the single sole driver's seat of a professional wrestling company. That is wild. Who, that's something that I thought I never would have lived to see the day, but it's going to be exciting times. I mean, it's been very crazy times to be a pro wrestling fan the past few years. We've been very lucky here in wrestling media. So keep on rolling with it. Follow at wrestling Inc to get all the latest news of what's going down. I thought this was a really fun show. I thought it was a great episode. They had all the excuses in the world to phone it in and they didn't. So I enjoyed it. Uh, you can find me at Real Jack Farmer across all social media. That's where I post about all the stuff I'm working on. Uh, but you can check me out tomorrow on the NXT After Show, where I'll be chatting all about Becky Lynch and Tiffany Stratton and what's going to be the greatest match of the century. Can't wait to see it. You have to tune in. Uh, but that does it for us. We will see you guys next time. And until then, for real?